You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're giving away day two of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Um, we're asking you... Oh, okay. Um, in honor of the Andre Vasilevsky post-game scrum last night, when is the most inappropriate time um, you've passed gas? 960-960, name and location. Some of these are really good. Like, when's the last time you had the thunder from down under? 960-960, name Crikey. and location. Put another rip on the bobby. Yeah. Uh, these are good. Uh, there's there's one about a dude getting a chiropractor. Very awkward situation. And again, you never forget that kind of stuff. That one's not surprising to me. Nope. nope. Uh, but right now, one of our favorites, if not the favorite guest on our show, um, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles Davis, NFL analyst, CBS Sports and NFL Network. Charles, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? We're good. Um, Charles, uh, that game last night, it had everything. It had absolutely <laughs> everything in it. I just want to get your reaction to watching Tyler Boyd throw that interception last night. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. They've been successful with stuff. So every time we immediately go to our, and I'm saying our, pointing at myself, right? If I'm an analyst, if I'm my immediate reactions, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, I go back to my notes. Tyler Boyd has thrown passes in this league successfully <laughs> for yardage on trick plays. Other guys have done it. It's worked. The problem you run into is if the trick play has to be executed at a high level and that allows that person to make the throw because the person they're throwing to is wide open and everything works, they're not equipped if everything breaks down. Because you don't work on that. You don't practice it. When you practice a trick play, I don't know anyone that practices a trick play and says, okay, let's practice it out of, you know, out of sync and see what you do with it from there. You know, we do that with quarterbacks mm-hmm. because we know they're going to face it down in and down out. But when you execute a trick play and you practice it, you don't do it enough times where you say, okay, this time instead of the defensive end crash, I want him to drop and see if he can read it. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. So guess what? When it goes out of whack, crazy things happen because Tyler Boyd's not equipped for that. He just knows, I'm supposed to throw this thing at the end. And, oh, oh yeah, oh, why did I just do that? Yep. So quarterbacks, we practice it. Trick plays, we don't. And that's the end result. So, so you have to have it work. Otherwise, you're just hoping your guy does the right thing. And last night, he did not. <laughs> um Charles, how come? What type of favor did Jake Browning do himself, uh, his career with that performance last night with everyone watching? Oh my goodness, he went into the stratosphere. I'll put it to you this way: people that I work with in the business, NFL people on other teams that I'm friendly with, I'm out on the West Coast right now. So when I woke up, even at an early hour, if I woke up on Eastern Time, it's five in the morning out here. Already had texts. <laughs> and everyone's saying how much fun they had watching it, how how good that was. And by the way, he's propelled himself into that position where 
he will be a key backup quarterback that people will think about going forward because those teams that think they can win, you know what I mean? Those teams that think that they're in Super Bowl contention, one of the big keys is do you have a backup quarterback that can get you through the tough spots if you have to have them? If you're those organizations that say, if my starter goes down, my season is over, eh, then Jake Browning, you don't worry about getting. But if you're one of those teams that says, hey, can we persevere through, maybe get our starter back, or can he do his best imitation of a Nick Foles and carry us and give us a chance? I think Jake Browning put himself in that position last night where he has become a a very marketable player and and a person that people are going to think about acquiring to have on their roster. Is he now a guy that you go get and say he's absolutely a QB1? I think he's going to need a few more performances of that. I I think those who jump and and do it that quickly, someone will grab that person and go and and lean in very close and say, look at me now. Look at me. I'll give you two words. Matt Flynn. Hmm. Made a lot of money. Nice guy. Yeah, I did all right. Yep. And and never took a snap in Seattle. Nope. Remember? He had a great game in a game that did not matter. Remember, it was the Green Bay-Detroit game. Yep. Did not matter and had a monster game. And Seattle signed him to the big deal and drafted Russell Wilson in the third round that year. And then Russell beat him out in, in camp. So Paul Allen, RIP Paul Allen, was owned the team then. And John Schneider and Pete Carroll had to meet somewhere. I know it had to have happened because they had to have met earlier and said, hey, we gotta, this is the guy we want, Matt Flynn. We've got to go get the money for Mr. Allen. And they went and made their case, and he said, fine, go sign it. And they did. Now Russell Wilson's whipping him in, <laughs> in training camp. Um, how are we going to go back and tell him we want to play the third rounder after we asked him for the money for the guy that we don't want to play? And they did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Mr. Allen at some point said to him, you both better be right. I'm sure, I'm sure he did because that's what owners do. And they were right. But that's all you have to say. Hey, hey Matt Flynn, um, Charlie, uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Touchdown Clipboard Jesus. Remember him? Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst. Best nickname ever, Clipboard Jesus. One of the greatest ever, right? And he was much better at the Clipboard Jesus than he was when he played. So <laughs> that, But that's what you have to keep reminding yourself. Short, short samples, small samples are wonderful. Don't overreact to them. Let's see how he does the rest of the season because the ball's his all the way through. And he very well could do things like this all the way through. And somehow Cincinnati sneaks into the playoffs. And if that's the case and you're thinking QB1, you have a much more legitimate case and a better sample size to make your decision. But let's not get there just yet. QB2, I'm all in, guys. I'm all in because I've met the kid. I've taken my measure of him. I feel what he's about. But let's not – I don't want to jump to QB1 yet. I want to see him do it time and again. The thing here about the Bengals, too, is is they get the win, and like you mentioned, they can still sneak into the playoffs. Now they're 6-6. Six and six. But losing Joe Burrow, the, the stakes are, are much less. It feels like getting into the playoffs would kind of be gravy for what this season has yeah. been, just mired by injuries. Jacksonville's different. They're yeah. one of the top teams in the conference. They're now 8-4. and four. They had a chance to get to nine wins, and that injury to Trevor Lawrence did not look very good. No. How do you think that's going to kind of affect their outlook? The schedule the rest of the way isn't too tough, but at the same time, that's a big drop-off from Lawrence to Beathard. 
It is. It's a big one. And and isn't it funny? I think Beathard was a third-round pick coming out of school, and obviously Browning was undrafted. But right now you would say to yourself, boy, sure would like to have Jake Browning. Yeah. You know, and that's not a knock against Beathard. We have to see how he plays. But his, his sample size was San Francisco. Um, you know, he played, and Nick Mullins played, and he played. Remember, those were those bad San Francisco teams. But somehow those guys look viable at quarterback. They have to have that viable guy that we saw in San Francisco down the stretch because we don't know how long it's going to be for Trevor Lawrence's ankle. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see him this week in Cleveland, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Remember, this is the second leg injury for Trevor this year because he's had to battle through a knee thing. Remember, he's playing with a knee brace and the whole deal. He hasn't missed any starts, obviously. He's battled through and played, but it affects you. And now with this team, as you said, the schedule seems okay, but it's a different deal. And I think Doug Peterson addressed it before we even played this game last night. And it's um, it's different this year, guys. Last year, we were just you know way out of it. No one thought we could get it, get it done. And we just chased, and all of a sudden, we looked up, and there we were. This year, we are the team being chased. And so the pressure is different. How you go about doing things is different. And I think you made a great point. Cincinnati last night just played the game to have some fun, didn't they? They were just having a blast out there. Oh, right? I was yeah. having a blast them, watching their it. Their season yeah. was over, yep. right? For them, eh, you know, eh, who don't want to say And they just had fun. And you could see it in how they played. Jacksonville, you could see every play had a little bit more grit to it, just a little bit more tenseness to it because they were playing to protect something. And Cincinnati, ah, what the heck? Let's go do it. Hey, you remember that play we ran the turkey ball on Thanksgiving, you know, where I handed to you and you handed to me and then we did the center sneak? Let's try that one. That'll be fun. You know, I mean, that's what they were like last night. Uh, Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, NFL Network, joining us here on the Tom's House of Pizza guest hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, 960 to fan. Out of these two playoff teams, well, we'll think they're going to make the playoffs. Whose defense is more suspect, the Lions or the Jags? Up until last night, I would have said definitely the Lions. But what I saw last night with Jacksonville, they better hope that's a one-game deal because Doug Peterson nailed it at halftime. The run game was an issue. And I realize we are in that stage right now where it seems like can talk at, at halftime. What's your problem? Well, we're not tackling people. We're not doing the run game. We're not doing this, not doing that. He was spot on because Cincinnati's ability to run the football was, was, was kind of jarring for them because, one, Cincinnati doesn't like to run the football. They talk about liking to run the football, but they don't do it. And Troy Aikman made the point so well last night. They have the capability, but when Joe Burrow's operating and it's T. Higgins and it's Tyler Boyd and it's Jamar Chase, do I run it or do I pitch it out there? Yeah, let me throw it out there to them. That's way more fun. And then last night, they got Joe Mixon going. They got Chase Chase Brown going. The offensive line, not used to this, all of a sudden was having some fun blocking people at the line of a line of scrimmage point of attack, which linemen would rather do than stand back there and pass protect and let people deliver blows to their head. This was they had a blast. And guess what? Guess who you get this week, Jacksonville? A Cleveland team that actually enjoys running the football. That huh. they have two of the better guards in the league in Batonio and Wyatt Teller, Ethan Posick at center. They like to stand up there and smack you. Dewan Jones at right tackle is so big that when he runs around the field in pregame, it tilts in his direction. Okay? That's what they want to do. And they're committed to it with Jerome Ford and, and, and now Pierre Strong backing things up. They're going to want to run the ball. And if you get Dorian Thompson-Robinson back from concussion, add the quarterback run game in. So that's where the challenge is going to be for Jacksonville now. They showed the world last night a team that supposedly was good against the run. 
you're going to get tested now. So right now they're both in kind of even footing. I would have definitely said Detroit before last night because they've really struggled on defense lately. But right now, Jacksonville's going to get tested until things are proven differently. Over the weekend, the Patriots lost again. They've now lost three straight games while allowing less than 10 points. It's the first time that's happened since the 30s. Um, A lot of people looking at this as kind of the fall of Bill Belichick and wondering what's happening next. But what if, what if this is just a masterful tank job by one of the greatest coaches in history in front of all of our eyes, and he's just doing all of this on purpose so that he can get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft? That would be an all-timer considering they had they took a quarterback at 15 a couple of years ago, Mac Jones, that under good coaching, you know, good scheme design, won six games in a row at one point, went to a Pro Bowl, and since then has regressed when they changed the coaching staff. And I just don't think Bill O'Brien's had enough time to rescue it yet. That would be amazing. But here's the other part. Because their drafting has not been great in recent years, and I think I'm being gentle with that hmm. because their free agent moves have not paid off very well. When you think about it. remember that big free agent pool, they, they grabbed was it two, three seasons ago. Yep. Judon's been really good how, for them, but he's been hurt, but he's yeah. been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me how much that's paid off. John yeah. Smith, no longer there. Yeah. I mean, we can go right on down the line because of those things. I have to think that Mr. Kraft who owns the team, has got major question marks about how they're going about accumulating talent. The drafts haven't been great. Free agency hasn't been great. Am I going to be okay with you taking a season and then allowing you to make the pick still? That's where the conversation is going to be. Is And obviously I know nothing about that and I'm not in those means. I don't know what Mr. Kraft's thinking, but I think any of us from the outside in, if we were looking at any company, any group, if your track record in recent years has not been terrific, Am I really willing to to step in there and go, yep, you got it. You tell me who you want. Let's go. I think there are going to be more questions than that and more discussions than that. Um, Charles, is, speaking of discussions, is it time to get serious about Tyreek Hill being the MVP? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not a year where, and I realize, and Peter King made a great point in his column. You know, He said we get criticized all the time about the quarterback being the MVP, but what position is more valuable in the NFL than quarterback? And he's right about that. But this is a year where, of all the top quarterbacks, and plenty of them are playing well, are any playing at a level that Tyreek Hill's playing? No. Nobody is. That, that, that's, like... that's, 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 that's why we have to be serious about this. What he is doing, and by the way, he was laughing at the podium when they asked him, you know, didn't you expect to get doubled more? And he's like, well, if you don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, even if, and, and even if you do it, I'm going to get my yards. But if you don't want to do it, well then it's a total wreck job, right? I think so because he activates that team in such a way. Tua has played at a super high level throughout the year. He's been healthy, and the Dolphins are obviously contenders. We're just waiting for the Dolphins to beat someone good, and then we're really then we're really all in with them. They just have not done it. I mean, their biggest games of the year against the better teams, they have not beaten those teams. Mm-hmm. And then so we have the same question mark with them that I would say we have with Dallas. But back to your original question, we should be very serious about Tyreek Hill being a contender to be MVP. And by the way, don't look now. We're going to really have an unlikely MVP conversation because it's going to be Tyreek Hill's going to be in it, and he should be. And Brock Purdy's going to be in it, and he yep. should be. 
Um, and again, uh, the the Dolphins very uh, greatest show on turf vibes with the amount of yards per play this season. Just wanted to ask you this: in all your years of watching football, Charles, is Tyreek Hill the fastest guy, fastest receiver you've ever seen? He certainly feels like it, and and I've been lucky enough to be on this earth to have watched Bob Hayes, who won a gold medal in the Olympics, play mm-hmm. and not be a gadget. Bob Hayes was a legitimate Hall of Fame wide receiver, a guy that you know had an effect on the game, caught the ball, ran the whole thing. Because we always, you know, the NFL has always been smart enough to try and, oh, look at that guy. He won the Olympic 100. Let's make him a football player. You know, let's go get Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah. Let's make him a football player. James Jett, too, right? James Jett for the Raiders back in the day? Yeah. And James Jett had more success than than Skeets Nehemiah, Jim Hines, and other track stars that we've had. But he wasn't a superstar, but he was super fast. So, So it affects things. You know, the Raiders always had that guy, you know, a Warren Wells, a, a Cliff Branch, you know, James Jett, as you mentioned, someone who could just flat out fly. I played against a guy like that in college named Timmy Moffitt, who could run. He played at Ole Miss, and, and of course, he became a Raider because he could fly. Yeah, um, you know, but, but just by the eye test, I don't know that I've seen anyone faster. I just don't. Plus, Crazy. He, he is just one big muscle. It, like, he is not your normal-looking sprinter, right? Mm-hmm. Those sprinters with those long, lean guys, right, you know, look like legs for days. And he is just this little rock who can go. I, I, I know it's the wrong thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's a comparison that you can see in your eye. Ben Johnson. Yep. He's he's Ben Johnson without the steroids. Right? The, the, the body build, right, the musculature, you know, he's, Ben Johnson was not that long, lean sprinter. Yep. He blew away the world. Now, obviously, he had a little help from his friends, Dr. Feelgood. But, that, that's a, you know, <laughs> the body type and the looks, that's what Tyreek Hill looks like to me. You want one of my biggest uh, unpopular sports takes, uh, Charles? They should give Ben Johnson yeah. his gold medal back because everyone's cheating in that race. He just got caught. <laughs> they were all juicing, it's Charles. All- Listen to listen to go with it. It's kind of like we went through all the stuff with with Lance Armstrong and crew. Yep. You know, getting nailed for it, and got every, we all got to get on our high horse and mountaintop. And I'm not saying it was okay. I'm not saying I'm not absolving, but we all get there, and then we find out later. Well, this group, that group, that group. Mm-hmm. Now think about college football here in the states with the NIL now, name, image, likeness, and the money that's flowing like crazy. The, I talked to my friends at SMU, and they're like, we were just ahead of our time back when, back when we got nailed in the 80s. We, 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 had a, we had a setup similar to where we're going right now, and we were just wrong because we were early. So give us our wins back. <laughs> uh, Charles, i got to ask you about one of the biggest games of the weekend, the Niners and the Eagles. The Niners more than double up Philly in this one. Brock Purdy was incredible, throwed four touchdowns, and you mentioned him getting in the MVP conversation. Now the betting favorite. But what did we learn from watching the Eagles and the Niners, this NFC title rematch? I'd love to see them do it again. The game got out of hand. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens. We've seen it before. I'll I'll go back in my lifetime. The first time the Niners won the Super Bowl with Bill Walsh, they played the Cowboys midseason and beat them like 45-14. And you're just like, just laid waste to them, right? Who did they meet in the NFC championship game? The Cowboys. What did it take to win that game? Dwight Clark and the catch. You can have a bad game and not be a, and that doesn't make you a bad team. It doesn't all of a sudden, oh, the Eagles, well, there's no chance. No, come on. Let's, let's be real about it. 
thing got out of hand, didn't work out well. 49ers, of course, had every motivation coming in. Um, I have to I have to tell you, I laughed to myself, and I don't know how funny it is, but you guys have to tell me if it even hits a, a laugh meter or not. But when I was watching it, you remember the movie Kindergarten Cop? Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So you you remember when, 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 when Colin, the bad guy's mom, yes. hit Phoebe, the, the partner with the car? Right. Right? Remember that? And we thought Phoebe was out of the fight. Yeah. And then later on, she takes out the mom. And remember her immortal line? You're not so tough without your car, are you? Yep. Right? <laughs> yes. I thought, of that, I thought of that line when the 49ers were, were jumping on the Eagles. And I could just see Debo Samuel turning around and go, you're not so tough when we don't have our quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, a whole lot t- you're a whole lot tougher when we have our quarterback. Mm. That's what it felt like to me. Purdy played well, played throughout the game. They hit their stride. But remember, the whole first quarter was the Eagles. 49ers were negative yardage on offense. And then what was it, six straight possessions that they scored touchdowns? I mean, just boom, 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 boom. That's not normal. Okay, they're good. Don't get me wrong. 49ers, I think, are the best in the NFC. But in a playoff game, like the only time I've seen that was that Buffalo-New England one, the wild card game where Buffalo scored in every offensive possession set an NFL record. Because we can cite it, that tells you it doesn't happen very often. And I would love to see them go ahead and do it again a third time. And I'm going to get it in. Mm-hmm. The idea that a security guy is on the sidelines can have an effect on the game if the league doesn't bring a hammer on this one, I would be extremely disappointed. Trey right. Greenlaw got his penalty, and deservedly so. He, you can't suplex guys. We've been talking about it for a few years now. Tackle them, put them on the ground, but you don't need to Ric Flair them and throw them on the, on the ground like that. That's a 15-yard penalty deserved. The security guy is not part of the game. No. Okay? I know he got kudos, and he got a standing O because he's in Philly and all that stuff. It's garbage. And it's not a one-for-one, okay? You don't lose Dre Greenlaw and the security guy, and it's a one-for-one. It's not. The 49ers lost one of their better players. (laughs) The Eagles lost a guy who works for them. Yeah. Okay, and by the way, no one jumped Nick Sirianni after the game because Big Dom wasn't there, okay? It doesn't work that way. If the league doesn't jump on this one, I would be very disappointed. Uh, I do want to ask you about the Sunday Nighter as well because I know it was mired by some officiating at the end of the game that was suspect to say the least, but yeah. really could have gone both ways. What was your biggest takeaway from the Packers and Jordan Love, though? Um, that The Packers keep getting better, and Jordan Love is their quarterback. So they can stand down on their scouts looking for quarterbacks in this year's college group. They have their quarterback. You can draft someone later on because that's what the Packers do as tradition. You always draft a quarterback and have them in the pipeline because you never know. You get Mark Brunel late, you get Kurt Warner late, you get you know, or you don't draft him and you get him as a free agent, and all of a sudden you have quarterbacks. You develop them. It happens, right? Doug Peterson was a quarterback with the Packers, but they don't need to worry about getting a QB one. They have a QB one. It's evident. It's in front of us. He's gotten better every week during this season, and it's really coming to fruition now. The Packers now are a factor to possibly be in the playoffs, which none of us saw coming. <laughs> I, I think maybe our wake-up call was, was Thanksgiving Day. Like, oh, whoa. And now they've carried it through. So that was my biggest takeaway. The second biggest takeaway is Kansas City is in that position. It's defending champion. You have to battle every week. And truthfully, calls down the stretch made things a little wonky. 
but Green Bay outplayed Kansas City in this game. And two things. One, definitely missed pass interference down the stretch on the deep ball to Valdez-Scantling. He played through him. You got to throw the flag. They missed that one. The play in the end zone for the uh, Hail Mary, if we're going to start officiating that differently, start it next season. Because right now we have a tradition, whether people like it or not, that the Hail Mary play is every person for himself. <laughs> and, and, and that's just kind of the way it is. doesn't make it right, but we've been officiating it that way for how many years, guys? Yeah. If you're going to now say the, 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 that Hail Mary bumping and, and, and grinding in the end zone, I'm going to start throwing flags now, I think it's wrong. Now, if you want to make it a point of emphasis starting in 2024, fine by me. That's cool. But right now, it has to be the most egregious thing going that we all go, you know, I did see him hit him with a two-by-four out there. Absolutely, yes, you dropped the flag. Other than the two-by-four, every person for himself until next season as far as I'm concerned. Because now we've kind of skewed everything along the way because we've seen it earlier this season. Right, we saw the Buffalo game in on, on the Thursday nighter that there could have been a call. We've seen this one; there could have been a call. We can go, you can go to almost any Hail Mary and say there could have been a call, but we just don't do it. You want to emphasize it next year? Fine, but as far as regular season, no. In playoffs, no, not this year. And yes, Marquez Valdez Gambling, that was definitely pass interference, and it would have been interesting if they took their shots then. But did Green Bay outplay Kansas City, in my opinion? They certainly did that night. Uh, Charles, real quick, uh, we always appreciate your time before I let you go, and I know it's super early on the West Coast. Which 6-6 six and six team is more likely to make the playoffs, the Bills or the Rams? I still say the Bills because I think they're the better team. The Rams are doing a lot of good stuff. I like what they're doing. I just think that down the stretch, the Rams are going to run into some teams that need it, and I think that's Seattle and the 49ers. I think both of them are going to still need games. And I just think the Bills are still a better team. And I'm counting on them to, to snap it into form down the stretch and find a way to win a couple big games. Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, uh, NFL Network. Always an absolute pleasure. Uh, Charles, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for the Enjoy that Thursday nighter. Should be uh, a football game. Should be a football game. Absolutely. We'll enjoy the heck out of it. And we're good. We listen, we've got Jacksonville, Cleveland this week. So Nathan Rourke, the, the Canadian? Yes. Yeah, so listen, whoever's doing the healing on Trevor Lawrence, whoever's laying hands, let's get them going. If I have to bring back the Reverend Billy Sunday for this one, I will absolutely do it. <laughs> we need Trevor. Great stuff, Charles. We'll talk next week. Thanks for this. Be good, guys. There he is on the Tom's House of Pizza guest hotline, brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles, so damn good. Fastest guy he's ever seen at wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. The guy's, he's literally uncoverable. Could you imagine if he had a, a running start like in the Canadian Football League? <laughs> oh, what he would, would do? Be. The waggle would. <laughs> yeah. You'd, yeah. you'd have to play like 30 yards off him. Like he's impossible to cover. Well, and the other thing about him, too, is that. It's not even just like the pure speed, like his acceleration is ridiculous. So even if you want to back everybody off and he hits a little dig and then he makes one move on the first guy and yeah. all right, see ya, gone again. You didn't have to kept me hit me in stride. I can do it from a standstill as well. On that on that second touchdown he caught two um everybody's like, Oh, two threw a bad ball and like no like I just ran a bad route. 
and he caught up and he to the ball and yeah. he adjusted. He was like, "Oh, I ran the bad route," and he caught up to do his ball. I think that's insane. always the most impressive thing is when like <laughs> Tua just like you know cocks it back like a trebuchet and just he like launches to. it up in the air, and you lose the football. It goes out of the view of the TV, and it just hangs up there forever. And you just watch, and he's just like out there in the field, just trying to get underneath it. And all of a sudden, he shows up out of nowhere, and he catches it in stride, and. Oh, another 76 yards, and how many is... Oh, 20 touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. Ho-hum. He's, he's incredible, and he's so fast mm-hmm. that even, like, in five years from now, if he's still in the league, if injuries don't take their toll, he's still going to be ridiculously fast because he's far and away the fastest guy in the league now. Well, yeah. Like, he'll was... still be incredibly fast in five years from now. Well, and yeah, like even Deshaun Jackson late in his career, it was like, well, he's not the explosive number one, but he could be your number three to take the top off of defense. Because he's still that fast. And and he wasn't as fast as Tyreek. He was ridiculously quick. But He, he retired on Sunday as, a, as an eagle. Did and he they really? did a halftime thing for him, yeah. Um, Back when I was in high school, Eagles D-Jax. and the Bengals were my two teams. Oh. So I definitely remember Djax uh, from his time. With Michael with Vick throwing Eagles. them deep Best passes, Best returner too. ever to come out of college yep. football, bar none. He used the except for the times where he like would drop the ball before the goal line. Well, that was that's catching yeah. him. I'm saying yeah. punt return. <laughs> yeah, on the celebration. Yeah, yeah. He had Whoops. this punt return against. He was a little cocky when he was yes. still at Cal, and he was up against Tennessee one time. He should have brought it up with Charles Davis. He'd remember that. Uh, watching his volunteers, but he, he he was it was Britain Colquitt, one of the best punters. The Colquitt, yeah, punting brothers. Yeah. Britain versus like the best punter versus the best punt returner, yeah. and, and there's a highlight. I'll I'll show it during the break, and it's it's amazing watching what Deshaun Jackson could do. Uh, Dion used to be great at oh. returning punts too. Oh, yeah. Do you know what's crazy is he was there. He was a dominant receiver. He went through his career. He did the late career stuff. He just retired. Brendan Graham and Jason Kelsey were on those teams too. Still yep. played. Yep. Yeah, still being Brian. Um, no, what's his, Cox in the middle on the defensive line? Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all three of them, all there since he was there too. Those Insane. 10, 15-ish years ago. Crazy. Um, I'm going to give you a uh, a stat on the Wild and Flames game tonight that might influence you. Like, what do you mean influence me? Well, like, as to who I think is going to win? You'll find out. We'll do that next. And oh. uh, we're still taking your text messages. Really 960, 960, name and location. It's day two. Of our 12 days of Christmas, when it comes to uh, our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery, in honor of the um, Andre Vasilevsky post game scrum, mm. we're asking what you what happened in the scrum? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, when's the last time you passed gas inappropriately? When's the last time you uh, stepped on a duck? <laughs> 960, 960. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> I got to say, George yeah. has this list yes. that he has been flipping through all day. You have to tweet that list how many, out. How many? <laughs> There's 150 different ways. 150 different ways to say part. Yeah. Before save. we say goodbye, can you just get to all the ones that we have instead? Like, like, just bang, I, bang. I'll just go rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do some rapid fire. Uh, that's next. <laughs> Big show. Russick and Rose. And a stat. Yeah, great. Yeah. I want the farts more. I don't really yeah. care about the You also want to hear about uh, a barking spider. What? 916, 916. <laughs> Name and location. Um, yeah. Uh, Flames and Wild tee up and uh, giving away uh, day two. That's next. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's a big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. 
Before we say goodbye, um, we're giving away day two of our 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, it's it's an on-air advent calendar. It's a big mystery. We don't know what the prize is. Well, Patrick knows, but we tell him not to tell us because we like to be surprised, too. So today is day two of the 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. In honor of uh, Andre Vasilevsky's um, post-game scrum yesterday where there was an unfortunate incident, we're asking you, um, when's the most inappropriate time you've passed gas? Some of these are great. When's the most inappropriate time you were answering the call of the wild burrito? <laughs> 960, 960. <laughs> 960, 960. I like that you're crossing the road after you the same one. You don't want to double down. Uh, we might we might do a rapid fire list with Texty McTexterson. To Maybe. Wrap up the show. I got him down to a thousand characters. Because we're so classy. That's <laughs> uh, Flames game day. Uh, we don't know the status of Jacob Markstrom. I feel like the email will come out at nine o'clock from yeah, the Flames. Waiver recalling stuff, uh, recalling Dustin Wolf because uh, probably won't have an update on Markstrom, but I would assume that Dustin Wolf is probably the backup tonight. Yeah, I I would probably assume that. I want to get you a little um, in case you kind of wanted to sprinkle a little bit of action on tonight's game. Oh, a little Ched, perhaps. Yeah, a little total action. Oh, because uh, Vladar was really good in his last start. But uh, Minnesota's been stingy. Minnesota's always stingy, just the way they play. Uh, there have been five or fewer goals scored in four of Minnesota's past five games. Mm-hmm. So it could be a low-scoring affair tonight down at the Dome. I would not be shocked to see it be very Under. low-scoring once again. Yeah. One of the things I do like here, too, as I'm kind of looking, is uh, a little bit of a Matt Zuccarello uh, point prop. Yeah. Uh, ideally, you can find it at a half point you're not going to find a, a great line on it i would say but he's on a nine game point streak and you know he's not a big name but he still has a, he's a big impact a lot of the time uh, also uh we remember philip gustison in that game in minnesota where him and jacob markstrom were absolutely unreal they went toe-to-toe yeah uh in his past two starts don't know who's starting in that tonight for the wild but he's two and oh with a 961 save percentage and a 1.00 gaa why do you have to say it like that? I know, I wanted to be weird. <laughs> Goals against such, average. Such a strange way to say it. Yeah, Philip uh, Gustafson has been absolutely on a heater uh, for the Minnesota Wild, who obviously have a new head coach behind the bench, still have that new head coach bump. Matt Zuccarello, minus 250 to get a point. Maybe don't do that. Or maybe, maybe you, you can work points. it into a little same two, game. What's two points you get plus? I, I can't. I don't have, my, money. my card doesn't have it on. My book doesn't have him at a one and a half, unfortunately. He doesn't get the Connor McDavid line. Um... Heading into tonight's game, obviously Jacob Markstrom's the biggest story, so we expect Dan Vladar uh, to play in net. But uh, what are some of the things you're looking for um, tonight? Um, the power play needs to get going. Obviously, that's yep. a recurring theme here with the Calgary Flames. But what about the fourth line? Like it's been a little hit or miss here lately, and uh, and I'm mainly talking about Dylan Dubé. He's a guy that. They need more from Dylan Dubé right now, and I feel like he's the guy, and I know he's a bottom six guy, and that's what he is, but they need a little more from guys like Dylan Dubé and Walker Dewar when he's in the lineup. Like, like I've actually liked the fourth line with Rizicke and Greer over the last little bit. I, think I Greer, thought that they've I, brought some really good energy. We we talked about it. Greer's the $20 in your jeans that you didn't know you had because you got after it last night. I, like He's been solid, but Dylan Dubé is a guy for me, and to be honest... 
They need a little more for Majapani. He's struggling too. He, he has what one goal in twelve games. He was bad against yeah the in their most recent game. Who did they play? Yeah. He was not very good in their most recent outing. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, Dylan Dubay. Like sure, you want more from guys down your lineup, of course. But I think it's just to me, you know, maybe coming to the realization, the understanding a little bit earlier on in the season that yeah, he's probably a fourth liner. He's probably like a, mm-hmm. a maybe a a gritty third liner, but he's not. I I think he has good raw talent, and I think he sees the game pretty well. I don't know if he has the the smoothest hands per se, but I think there's some things that he can do to help when you're playing on the fourth line. As far as use your feet, move your use your use your speed, create a little bit of chaos on the forecheck, that type of thing. The other thing for him this year is he's kind of been snake bitten. He's had a couple of instances where you know two on one just kind of goes off the, the end of his blade or or a great chance for him, just misses the net on a hard shot. So um, he's one of those guys that has always kind of scored in bunches. I'm, I'm not overly worried about the production that you're getting from him. One of the more interesting things for me for this game tonight is going to be watching Ilya Solovyov and seeing who his partner is. It was Jordan Osterley at practice yesterday. They were missing a couple of their centermen for maintenance and a little bit of an illness. I believe Backlund and Lindholm both missed the practice, so... Lines were a little bit jumbled up. Dennis Gilbert was skating on as a as a forward yesterday, but that that would be one of my things here. Craig Conroy talked about it after the Zadorov trade. He was really excited to see what one of the young players could do. An unnamed player at the time. Since then, Slovyov has been called up, so that would kind of be my my one thing. How is he going to play? Because I've really liked what I've seen from him both at the NHL level and AHL level. Just small, safe subtle plays in his own end that helps him avoid pressure on a four check. And I think for a guy that's kind of in his role, that's all you really want. Uh, real quick on uh, Manjapani. I just did it. I just did the quick math on there mm-hmm. or not on. Well, yeah, I was on the air while you were talking. Yeah. Uh, one goal in his last 12, three in his last 20. Yeah. Wolf hasn't been great. Like no. I, I actually have thought that that top line has had like, the Lindholm line with Sharon Govich and Manjapani has had some decent games. The last one was certainly not one of them, but I didn't mind them against Dallas, didn't mind them against Colorado. I think one of the biggest parts there has been that Sharon Govich has been playing a lot better since the start of the season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not... He's been very much fine this year. Um, John Heyman, front of the show. Is that the actual John Heyman? It is. Well, Ailish yes, Forfar reposted it. So, yes, it's the All actual right, That's John why Heyman. I was doing the big guys when we opened okay. the segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, does Andrew Mangiapane ever score 30 goals in a season again in the NHL? No. Because it felt like uh, the 21-22 season was an outlier when he had 35. Oh, and I, think that, I think that we said that a lot, like yeah. even after the season. Uh, like, but uh, let's get to some Shohei Otani news, and sure. then uh, we'll we'll have some fun. Uh, according to John Heyman, front of the show, quote, Otani did tell some folks he knows before his probable Jays Florida visit that he has positive feeling about Toronto and a few other cities and clubs, including the Dodgers. Don't discount the Jays. It's it's getting exciting. <laughs> it's getting super exciting. And at the same time, every time there's another like tweet about it, I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> I just want to see Jeff John Passen. Heyman throw your phone into the sun, please. I just want to see Jeff Passan, the real, like the actual Jeff Passan, go uh, Otani to the Jays or Shy. All that of could them. be a thing. All of them. That I, could be I, a it'd thing. Be cool if Hold one on. of our guys did it. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if the Jays give it to one of our guys first. Yeah. 
hey, we're signing them. Here you go. Yep. What an incredible scoop that would be. I just got goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> Such a weirdo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know good. what it means. Yeah. Exciting, man. Yeah. Uh, you know it's exciting? Giving away prizes on the radio. Love doing Today it. Today is day two of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Every weekday between now and December 19th, myself and Maddie will open the virtual advent calendar on air. We're doing it all week. We're doing it till the 19th. It's really fun. It's really easy. We give you a stupid text topic. You text in, and if you make a slap or you're clever or something else, or Brent Cron picks it, but he's not here today, you win a prize. It's that simple. Uh, this is all based on the Andre Vasilevsky post-game press conference yesterday where there was an unfortunate incident. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just the fart. Not even the context of it, just the fart. Yeah, we, um, yeah it, there was just a weird, awkward <laughs> passing of the gas. So we're asking you, uh, when's the last time... You uh, inappropriately passed gas. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. When's the last time you really exercised the meat nozzle? Was that spoke nine sixty nine sixty? Whoa, I don't like that one. That was the grossest one. Name and uh, meat nozzle. Come on. uh, What about exhuming the dinner corpse? (laughs) Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and Flags location. All, all right. Place. Uh, Let's uh, let's go to Texty McTesterson. What do you got for us? It's story time. Sean in Calgary. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but during a massage. Unfortunate. Just, yeah. It just squeezes out. Yeah, I'm relaxed. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, like, being down on the table and understanding that early on in the massage, like, oh, there's something in here I got to maybe deal yep. with. And we got 45 minutes left in this session. <laughs> She's uh, like, uh, you need to relax. Your, your okay. core is really tight. Yeah. Sean and Calgary. Yeah, I know. Is. All right. <laughs> it's for your Paul safety. Chestemere, this spring we were getting ready to fly home from London. The flight was delayed six hours. We went to the lounge where I was pounding free draft beers. <laughs> Get on the flight stunk up zone three for eight hours. <laughs> I was quickly identified as there was nothing silent about them. Okay. Called out at least a dozen times by a dozen people. One person asked the stewardess to move me. <laughs> Jeez, Paul. You got to move that guy. He's Paul giving my flight. Paul giving zero you know what? <laughs> like, Paul, like, why are you such an animal on gross, a flight? Dude. Like, yeah. Paul, dial it back a little bit. He's got no shoes on. He's gone tarps off. Okay, He's... Paul, if you were, like, doing a drag bunt in the lounge, okay, fine. <laughs> but letting him rip in the plane? Come on, man. Unbelievable. All right. Harold in Turner Valley. I was presenting a workshop on health and safety in front of over 80 people in a banquet room when the plumbing let loose, although it seemed like a gas leak, the sound was very much heightened. A few more minutes I realized it was more than gas. As the remnant of the incidents trickled, I powered through to the end of the presentation. Worst part, I had to stand for another 10 minutes shaking hands and answering question. Oh, no. A little extra with his. Harold, thank you. That's a new texter. Harold is definitely a new texter talking about his rectal turbulence. What else do we got? Jeremy in Cochrane. I was coaching a trampoline session to a younger, predominantly female group. I was demonstrating a trick we were working on. As I was bouncing to get to height, one slipped out as my feet hit the bed. Of course at that point everyone and everything was silent. I could hear one of the parents cracking up in the viewing area. <laughs> Not bad. I would have done the same if I was watching. That's hilarious. Stacy in Brooks. 
I was at a wedding and was about to give a speech and had the mic by my side when I accidentally coughed hard and gases at the same time, to my horror the mic caught the sound of my gas and not the cough, people behind me backed away and everyone laughed, very embarrassing. Nice. Very good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Unfortunate, though. Yeah, it's if, if that is something like that happens to start mic, a wedding, man, you, worry about you can't really mic. hear it unless we really, like, did something like that here. Like, you, oh, no, like, no. if I did it right now, you wouldn't have any idea. That's what In I mean. In fact, it constantly happens. Yeah, you just kind of push one out there. Careful there, buddy. Yeah. Chris from Dover, a couple years ago, I went to the chiropractor to get my back worked on. As she was lifting my right leg up, I let out the most loudest, wettest frat imaginable. Frat. Instantly went three shades of red and couldn't stop apologizing. Just imagine lifting up the leg and... <laughs> comes out. The wettest one, too. That's always oh, yeah. good. Yeah. The Pop-Tart comes right out. Dribbler. <laughs> good morning, fellas. Ian in Okotox. Bear with me, please, as this story may be a little long-winded pun intended, driving to the coast with the family. Had to pull over in Revelstoke in the middle of the night to get some sleep. I went into the front desk area of a budget motel. I'm standing there with the clerk checking into a room and all the Tim Hortons and beef jerky I had since Kenmore decides to exit my body. I let loose a silent and absolutely violent trouser biscuit. I mean it was awful. My eyes were watering. There were only two of us in the room and one of us had most definitely farted, and the guy behind the counter knew it was not him. Super embarrassing, but I really needed that hotel room. <laughs> that Who was, was that? That was that really was well Ian. that was really well okay. written. Ian, I like yours. Ian and Okotoks. Ian and Okotoks. He really knew like and yours. there was only two of us in the room and All right. he knew it wasn't him. Let's uh let's get one more. One more? Okay. <laughs> see if I can find a good one here. Nathan in Calgary, years ago I worked at a pub downtown, ate too much at work, plus wasn't feeling 100% booked a cab to go home, as I stepped into cab I let a giant, super stinky super loud ripper go. Cabby starts screaming at me in some Easter European language, and tore away with door half open and still screaming as he hit red light half a block away when he got out to shut door without me in it. Thanks. Thanks. Love the show. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Who was that, sir? Nathan. Nathan. And which one do you like? I think it's oh. down to Nathan and Ian. Yeah, I agree. I love the cabbie driving away, yelling at him, and then getting out of the car to still shut yelling. the door and still yeah, drive like away. Yeah, flips him off. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nathan? Nathan, yes. I'd go either way. I'd flip a coin myself. Uh, GVP, Nathan or Ian? Uh, I'm going to go with Nathan. All right. Congratulations, Nathan. Uh, let's do it. Let's open day two of the on-air advent calendar, the mysterious advent calendar. Wild Rose Brewery men's t-shirt. Woo! It's from Calgary. Ooh, okay. Sweet tea. Congratulations, Nathan from Calgary. You've won a Wild Rose Brewery t-shirt. I got, awesome. I got I got a few Wild Rose teas, and I can tell you. They're nice teas. I like those teas. Uh, we'll Do you give... want my story? I didn't tell it. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Yeah, so I was in the gym a couple weeks ago. had my pre-workout. Banging weights? Some, yeah, I was banging weights. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a little stretching. I like to do weights for like a half hour. You and then I yoked? Then I hop on the Peloton. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was doing a little bit of stretching... Uh, one of them definitely snuck out. There was another person in the gym, but I thought I was good because everyone's usually wearing headphones. I was on the other side of the gym. No problem. I get over to the Peloton. I start strap myself in, get ready, look over. No headphones for this lady on mm. the treadmill. 
She would. Ref- she did not make eye contact with me. She left quickly after that. Oh, goodness. And I see her, like, once a week in the gym now, and it is always incredibly And I'm sure it always pops into her head. Yeah, yep. she's oh, like, yeah. this stinky, You're just labeled vile. as fart guy now. Yeah, yeah, fart yeah, fart guy. Great. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. That's the guy who was baking brownies in the gym. Um... Wild Rose Brewery has been serving up premium craft beer to Albertans since 1996. Whether you're looking for a finely tuned craft beer or a robust porter, they've got something for everyone. Find them around Alberta and in the tap room in the Curry Barracks. Tomorrow's day three of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends I will say, at Wild Rose Brewery. What do you it, got coming up at Mucho Big Show? It's a really good prize tomorrow. Really oh, good. Okay. Yes. What do you That's got coming up? Two days you've said that yeah. now. Uh, I got uh, Jesse Pierce uh, covers the wild for NHL.com. And, and Brock McGillis is going to come in studio at 930. Uh, he's the first openly gay professional hockey player. He's doing a culture shock tour. Oh, cool. We're talking to all high school minor players and telling them about, you know, that and whatnot. Um, the, we've been talking about a list of me talking about other stuff. Uh, we have Texty McTexterson. How many do you have? Well, it, it, it runs 56 seconds. Perfect. We, do we Love really want to do 56 seconds of this? All right, let's do it. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the fart list. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Air biscuit, air tulip, anal exhale, anal salute, anus applause, answering the call of the wild burrito, ass acoustics, ass flapper, back draft, back end blowout, back blast, beep your horn, belching clown, bench warmer, blast, blat, blurp, blurt, bomber, boom, boom, booty, bomb, booty, cough, bottom, blast, bottom, burp, booty, belch, break, wind, brown, cloud, brown, haze, brown, thunder, bubbler, bull, snort, bums, and burner, bung, blast, burner, burp, out the wrong end, bust, ass, butt, bazooka, butt, bongos, butt, dumpling, butt, sneeze, butt. Trumpet butt tuba cheek squeak cornhole clap cornhole tremor crack concert crack splitters crap call cut one cut the cheese drifter duck call fanny beep fanny frog fecal fume fizzler free speech grundle rumble grunt gurgler lay an egg o-ring oboe one man salute pop tart power puff puffer putt putt quack quaker rattler repass ripper silly cyanide slider spitter stale wind steamer stink it up thurp tootsie trouser cough trunk bunk turt tremors turtle burp tushy tickler under thunder wallop whiff